Again, haven't watched the tape, so it's hard for me. Uh, and even when you ask me on Monday, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but uh, just full disclosure, I mean, I, we've got to coach these guys. Welcome to the Daily Northwestern's football podcast. Northwestern is back over 500 after an overtime win over Iowa at Ryan Field on Saturday. A date with number 16 at Michigan State looms this weekend. We are here to talk about all of that. I'm Max Schumann, joined here today by Tim Balk, who's back for a second round. Welcome back, Tim. I'm back again. And uh, Max Gilman's also here with us. Took a week off for midterms, but now I am back. Let's start with last weekend's game. Wildcats prevail over the Hawkeyes 17-10 in overtime. How long has it been since there was an overtime game at Ryan Field? 10 years, right? 2007? It's been a long time. But Northwestern pulls out the victory. Uh, in overtime, Iowa tied the game at 10 late with a field goal, minute and a half left. The Northwestern scored a touchdown on its first possession in overtime, and the Hawkeyes couldn't match that. So Northwestern comes out with the win. Guys, you missed a critical point there, which was the Iowa false start, which led to the field goal. Oh, that's right. And then, of course, Iowa drops the ball in overtime. So Iowa handed this game to Northwestern, but let's continue. It's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Anyway, overall takeaways from the game, starting with Gelman and then going to Tim. Overall takeaways. The offense, again, looked terrible. <laughs> the defense looked really good, as they have for the past couple weeks. Justin Jackson is by far Northwestern's best weapon, and even though he was injured for the past couple of games-ish, banged up, I don't know exactly the extent of the injury, but Northwestern needs to keep feeding him the ball. Northwestern's touchdown in overtime set up by Justin Jackson catch on a third and long where he then juked out a couple of Iowa defenders and got all the way to the one-yard line, uh, setting up a touchdown. Yeah, Jackson uh, Jackson has had games in the past where he gets like 35 carries and like another five passes, and that needs to happen again and again. That, he, that, five, that is, he had five catches on Saturday. That is my biggest takeaway. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. But They've like, been throwing to him more this year than any previous. Yeah, they, they need to, yeah, 25, they need to get him 25 carries and five catches. Yeah, literally, literally, Clayton Thorson needs to shove the football down his throat. Maybe not literally. Not literally. No, you meant figuratively. No. Yeah, I think that would be, I think, I think figuratively. We can all agree that he should not literally stuff the football into his throat. I think we can all agree about that. I don't think that that's a controversial point. Well, we reached a we, consensus at the podcast. We can, we can agree to disagree on that. Tim. No, or not. Well... Nate Stanley, Iowa's sophomore quarterbacks. You're a big fan. Awesome. He's got a <laughs> cannon. He's 6'5". Those are pretty much the only things that you look for in a quarterback. He looked good. And obviously, Akron Wadley's pretty good. And Iowa's offensive line is pretty good. So I think Iowa's a good team. And I've been saying that for a while. They're better offensively, perhaps, than they've been in the past. And the defense is good. With regards to the defense, that's a part of why Northwestern's offense didn't score a lot, which I'm sure fits would be saying if he was in this room with us. Typically defensive of the offense after the game. The offense is still not where we thought it would be coming into the season. But at this point, not sure it'll matter. Northwestern plays a really tough game on Saturday against Michigan State. After that, it's a lot of weak competition. So I, I thought coming into Iowa, that was probably the second toughest game remaining for Northwestern, and they cleared it. So even though it wasn't an oil painting... I think Northwestern fans need to be pretty pleased with, with an ugly win over the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I would say that the defense played 
another strong game, and after you play so many strong games in a row, I think it's just time to admit that Northwestern's defense is very good. If you didn't weren't already on that train, uh, it's time to get on it. The thing that was, I guess, Northwestern's offense, obviously not prolific. They were hovering around four yards per play again on Saturday. The dreaded Boston College level of offensive utility. Although uh, even BC, me. Although, I, I, can I get a res- chance yes. to respond? But we're gonna have can, to, gonna, can the moderator give me a chance to respond, please? We're going to have to change. Where's that my measure. time? I'd like some time. We're going to have to change that measure after BC. Is it two straight weeks with like forty? Points, dropping I feel points. like I'm at a Republican debate. I've been targeted. <laughs> Give me my time to respond. Four yards per play is not a good mark for Northwestern. That's about what they averaged on Saturday. The things that were more encouraging coming out of this game. One, Northwestern held the ball for about 31 minutes. When you have a defense that's good and they're not on the field for the entire game, they can continue to play well. Two, Northwestern did not turn the ball over. Also very important, if you have a defense that's good and you don't put them in short field situations. But and a dominant over. punter. <laughs> Three, although not in the same not in the same category as the offense necessarily. Hunter Nice Wonder had a good game. All in all. 80-yard punt. Got 20 Small yards punt. from the wind. Yeah, big punt. 20-yard roll. 20-yard roll, 20-yard win. Got a 40-yard punt on it. All, regardless, the offense wasn't good. The offensive line played decently, which... Fitz was quick to point out after the game, which is two straight weeks <laughs> of rather solid play, at least not completely terrible play. The important thing, I think, for the offense is that they played a relatively complimentary brand of football, which set up the defense for success, and the defense was successful. When you only have to, when you hold the other team to 10 points, you don't need a ton from your offense. For the millions listening at home, we com- do we do mean millions. By complimentary, you mean they didn't turn the ball over in their own on their own side of the field, or you know, do anything terrible. But that's a very generous complimentary. But it's I'm a I'm a Bears fan. I w- was at Soldier Field on Sunday. I watched Mitch Trubisky throw seven I'm sorry. passes. I'm sorry. It, basically, any offensive contribution is something in light of recent developments in my football watching life. So, Northwestern beats Iowa. Guys, is Northwestern good? The defense is good. I like watching the defense because they're good. <laughs> I don't think the offense is good yet. It can be, but until the offense matches or at least gets closer to the level of the defense, I don't think Northwestern can be good. I'd say they have to be like, like their ceiling is like average. Or me, slightly above average. Let me rephrase the question a little bit. Is Northwestern the second best t- team in the Big Ten West? Right, I'm going to take on that one. Because by your definition of good, and we know you think most teams are bad. I, I have a high bar of good. Northwestern's not great. Northwestern is definitely at least the third best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> if they're better than I The Big Ten. The entire Big Ten. Big Ten West, excuse me. They are at least the third best team in the Big Ten West. The question for me is, are they better than Iowa? They beat Iowa on Saturday, on a neutral field. Ryan Field, and that's and that's generous to Northwestern fans. Iowa's fans were louder than Northwestern fans. So, to the extent that you're basing it off that game, which was a very very evenly matched team, at this point I'd say Northwestern and Iowa are comparable. You could go, I could go either way on second third. Coming into the season, 
we thought Northwestern had a chance to be the best or the second best team in the Big Ten West. The reason why they are not that is they have not been able to take advantage of having a solid quarterback, one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, relatively talented wide receiver core, and an offensive level of experience. So that's where the disappointment comes in. They're definitely near the top of the Big Ten West. They're definitely a solid team. They're not quite at the level that they could be. I would say Northwestern has definitely turned around, at least perception-wise, from uh, two pretty dismal losses. They played two top ten teams. Yeah, that's true. And they they beat a couple teams that are Maryland's mediocre and Iowa's solid, but they didn't look great in either of those wins. No. So no, they they really didn't. Still hard to pin down exactly what we're the game. The I think if you want to include. Or, um, I guess not include, but describe Northwestern as the second best team in the Big Ten West. It would basically just be that way by default. I mean, Illinois is terrible. Minnesota has not done anything on the Minnesota's BJ Fleck yet. Terrible. They're, They're terrible. terrible. Purdue <laughs> was looking good, but then they lost to Rutgers, so they they cannot be the next best team after Wisconsin. Hey, Rutgers, two straight wins. Iowa, uh, comparable to Northwestern, but they just lost to Northwestern, so you, you, you gotta kind of... Yeah. You're running out of teams. You kind of gotta give the edge to Northwestern over Iowa. Nebraska, 2-2 two and two in conference, but their conference wins are against Rutgers and Illinois, so they're not very good either. What this really serves to highlight is that, I mean, Northwestern has to play a lot of those teams for the rest of the season, and yeah. even if they don't improve that much, they... They could still win, still like, win seven or eight games. While still having... I'll make a guarantee to you folks... If Northwestern wins on Saturday, they will finish the year with nine wins. We, it's a prediction. It's a guarantee. I don't, you, there's no redemption. You, you can't redeem it. I have one more question for you guys. Sure. We talked about... I wrote a story after the game about the wind. <laughs> this game was very weird, and in part it was weird because there was a very strong wind coming from the south that made it basically impossible to kick towards one side of the field. With a minute and 30 left in the game, Northwestern took the ball... The game was tied at 10. Northwestern got the ball at 25 after a touchback. They ran the ball three straight times, ran out the clock. Would you guys have tried to actually score points on that drive? Yes. Yep. Northwestern was facing the wind. Yes. But yeah, yeah what? it was two, a minute two, and a half. Two, two, two timeouts and a minute and a half? Yeah, you absolutely got to try and score points. Even if you can't kick the field goal, you still have the opportunity to go to overtime. Like, I don't, like, are they scared that Thorson is going to throw an interception? It was very, it was, it's, it was very odd given how aggressive Pat Fitzgerald has been with a lot of coaching decisions this season and even last season. The problem was, I think Fitz was trying to play for a field goal had they gone there. He was thinking about playing for a field goal, not trying to play for a touchdown. Because he kept talking about, oh, I want to play the 25-yard game because of the wind that would have affected Charlie's kicks. He wasn't talking about, oh, I want to play a 25-yard game because the wind is going to blow Clayton's passes down. Yeah, it was it was questionable. And if you think that Thorson's good enough, to be like a draftable kind of quarterback, but you probably shouldn't feel that way. But if you did, <laughs> then you gotta like give him a chance in the two minute drill, right? I, Absolutely. I appreciate that Coach Pat Fitzgerald would want to make a vote of confidence in his defense, and that's what that was in part. But they don't really need it. But if you're really that confident in your defense, you're confident that if Northwestern goes through and out and punts the ball, they can hold Iowa from scoring in the last you know forty seconds. Right. So. It, it's a vote of confidence in his defense that did, did not make sense to me. It was we, it was a weird moment, and it turned out okay because Northwestern pulled out the win in overtime. That's all that matters, really. Right? No. Right? No. All right. Northwestern 
beats Iowa, 17-10 in overtime. 4-3 on the season, 2-2 two two in the Big Ten. Looking a little ascendant after a tough start to the conference. On the way up after two straight wins. Now, Northwestern faces an even bigger test this weekend. It welcomes Michigan State, as I mentioned before. The Spartans are ranked 16th in this week's AP poll. They're 6-1 and one currently. This is not the same team that Northwestern hung 54 points on in East Lansing last season. They couldn't be left like that team. Mm-hmm. They are very different from that team. They have a very, very good defense. They give up fewer than 20 points per game. They are vastly improved from where they were on that side of the ball last season. Their offense is okay. It's not their best unit. Brian Lewerke is their quarterback. He's been okay. They run the ball a lot, as you'd expect, from a uh, Mark D'Antonio-coached Michigan State team. So, good team coming to Evanston on Saturday. What are you guys watching for in this game? I think this game could be very similar to the one that we just saw against Iowa. Two good defenses, two not-so-great offenses. Michigan State just played Indiana, and their final score was one point off from Northwestern's final score. They beat Indiana 17-9. Northwestern beat Iowa 17-10. Michigan State's Wisconsin. What I mean by that is they are incredibly good front seven defensively. They're giving up 94 rushing yards per game. That's the seventh best in the Big Ten, right behind Wisconsin. They're actually, their pass defense is even better than Wisconsin's. But the rush defense is really going to be focused for me, looking at how much is Northwestern going to pass the ball. When the offense lit fire last year, and we kind of thought, okay, Northwestern's offense is back, and obviously it wasn't because it hasn't been, you know, running very smoothly this year. When it was back, a lot of that was they they went to the year, threw the ball. The Michigan State game was a shootout. Thorson passed the ball 37 times and 35 times and completed darn near all of them. But they also ran the ball over Michigan State, and Justin Jackson had almost 200 yards rushing. That won't happen this year. So for Northwestern to win this game, it I could. anything's possible. Hey, well, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. Kevin Garnett will tell you that anything's possible. But I think for Northwestern to get anything going offensively, which may or may not be necessary to win the game, probably will be, um, they're going to have to throw the ball with a little bit more effectiveness than most teams have been able to throw the ball in Michigan State. So we'll see if, if, the, off, if the passing game is – if there's anything there – at this almost full past midway point of the season. I think if Northwestern's defense doesn't get put in unfavorable situations, so if the offense doesn't turn the ball over, basically, or get pinned deep, go three and out all the time, I think that Northwestern's defense can stop Michigan State to a pretty effective degree. And then at that point, you really don't need that much from your offense to win this game. I... Some, something similar. They still have to score some points. They have to score some points. Yes. I'm not sure. That wasn't a guarantee against Iowa for a lot of that game, that they were going to score. I am interested to see. I know that it's going to be tough for Northwestern to run the ball. I'm interested to see how long they try to do it. I would push back at the idea that Northwestern's offense was at its best when it was throwing the ball a ton. I think that the biggest offensive games that they had came with. Justin massive, Jackson. Massive days on the ground for yeah. either Justin With Jackson. Passing setting up the run though. Would you I mean I mean passing setting up the run? That was they were a pass that, to set up the run team last year. I mean, maybe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask yeah. you to go back and chart the plays before I take that word for word. Doesn't like, I think, doesn't like I think Northwestern I think well, Northwestern and stuff. Typically, yes. I think Northwestern when it gets behind schedule on offenses. What about Purdue? Bad. 
They ran the ball a ton in that game. Yeah, and Thorson threw for 350 yards. They were good in that game, generally, offensively. Yeah, but the but when they're good on offense, they do it both ways. Agreed. So I think it's important for but, Northwestern generally to at least provide some kind of semblance of run game. The other side of that is the games where you think that the offense had a truly miserable day is when they get, like, J- Jackson gets 20 yards on 10 carries and is completely ineffective. Yeah, but they're never throwing the ball well in those days either. It's it's never it's hard to it's hard to parse out these isolating variables can be it's, tough. It, it can be tough. I'm interested, regardless. I'm interested to see how long Northwestern attempts to stick with the run. I'm also interested to see because I'm a big fan of Pat Fitzgerald's fourth down patterns. I'm interested to see how he, if he comes in this game feeling as though he's an underdog against Michigan State, who's obviously a ranked opponent with a very good record. I'm interested to see if he is even more aggressive than he has been. On fourth down, can he get more? It's aggressive? hard to. It's hard for him think, to be yeah. more aggressive. It is pretty hard. It's hard for him to be more aggressive than he has been. Even I'm with looking, the wind last time, I'm looking for him to maybe be even more aggressive somehow. Thinking like fake punts. There's no fifth down for him to go on. Thinking like fake punts. I'm thinking like I don't know. Something something weird might happen out here if, if Fitz thinks punt. that he's he's going for the win. He wants everyone to know he's going for the win. Maybe he'll receive Sometimes. at the coin toss instead of defer. It's it's a very controversial, <laughs> very controversial choice. Also, the wrong choice. Yes, Isn't that the, indeed, it, the wrong choice. Because you might get. Yeah, you, you want the, the yeah, you want the ball to start the second half, right. unless you're Bill Belichick and decide to choose which way you want to defend against the wind. Hey, the last last <laughs> week, I mean, the wind was a major factor. Northwestern had to drive into the wind. If they were going with the wind, they would have tried to score, according to Pat Fitzgerald. But I guess we'll never know. We'll never know what would have happened if Northwestern had the wind. Finally. The Spartans are three-point road favorites in this game currently. Guys, what is your final score prediction for Saturday's game? Michigan State, 16. Northwestern, 7. We'll have to see what I go with because I've got, you know, I'm trying to compete with various people in the field of sportcasters and sometimes you know you let your your competition dictate what you do this is i think going to be a close game just like last week come down to a possession or two michigan state's a slightly better team but it's going to be a low scoring type of game michigan state is vicious in close games they if you go back year after year after year uh they 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 find, Screw up a punt, they'll score a touchdown. They find ways to win close games pretty consistently. So if it's a close game, I'll probably take Michigan State. I don't really see a way that it isn't a close game, given that the defenses are the good units on, or the best units on both of these teams. North Michigan State's back in 2015 type of back to their 2015 type of team, and if you, I mean, that team was ridiculous. They won every game by three points. Yeah, well, we Michigan State's very scary in close games. I do think it's interesting, and I like to bring up at these podcasts the ESPN match predictor, which never makes any sense to me. But they have Northwestern as a 61% favorite. I don't know what the magic predictor's smoking. I don't think Northwestern's got 61% chance of winning, but I think it's very close to 50-50, and I guess I'd lean Michigan State. I would say, like, Michigan State 17, Northwestern 14. I think the three-point line is good. I think Michigan State ekes this one out in a close game. That's my prediction. Tim, Max, thank you guys for coming up. You got it. Anytime. Northwestern gets a 2.30 p.m. kickoff against Michigan State. Finally, the 11 a.m. kickoffs are a thing of the past. Well, 
11 a.m. at we'll Ryan see. Field is a thing of the past. There for could least. be at more than four students at this game. There could be. Anyway, be sure to check us out at dailynorthwestern.com for all our coverage of Northwestern football. As always, follow us at dailynu underscore sports on Twitter for live updates from games. If you like this podcast, subscribe to the Daily on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud so you can get every episode directly to your phone. We'll be back next week to recap Northwestern Michigan State. Sure to be a big game. See you then. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. All right, well, let's get home safe.